Hey, welcome to Sonic Rodent, a podcast about music and songwriting. I recently listened to the song Rituals by Rollo Tomasi. It's a song with a slow start, a frantic middle section and a sort of crescendo at the end. What stands out about this song in particular though is this chorus part of the song. Here, take a listen. The time signatures for this song are all over the place, but especially in this section do we get something extra weird. The song switches between 7 eighths, 9 eighths and 5 eighths signatures on the fly, and it does sound confusing at first. This highlights the difficulty with less accessible music such as this. You either succeed in capturing a listener's attention that way, or you fail. The big caveat of our time signatures is that they are very hit or miss, either you make them work or you don't. So how do songs with our time signatures work generally? There are bands like Meshuga, for example, who like to use something called polymetric. The drum beat might emphasize the familiar 2 and 4 beats, so you can headbang in a steady way, but the guitar part might be a rhythm from a different time signature, which slightly offsets a part from another, but the backbone of the rhythm always stays steady and accessible. The other common way to make an odd time signature feel less awkward is through repetition. Look at songs like the jazz standard Take 5. theme of Mission Impossible or the Halloween theme song. All of these songs are in 5-4. It's unlikely that a song in 5-4 will be ever played at a party because it's hard to fit an even drum groove over it. For this, those three examples follow a common structure, the 5-4 clave, a pattern that consists of two dotted quarter notes followed by two regular quarter notes. But doing this, we now have a repeating rhythmic pattern. It's not even, but it's something. It may lack the even groove that we can get out of a 4-4 time signature or a 6-8 time signature but it provides a repeating rhythmic backbone for the song that a listener can hold on to. Notice how the verse for Rituals uses a 7 8 almost throughout, and you probably didn't have issues following that. But wait, you said the time signatures for Rituals change on the fly in the chorus section. Yeah, I did say that. So let's remove ourselves even further from the song and see how we enjoy music in general. Studies have shown that at sections with high emotional reward, the bass drop in an EDM song, a breakdown in a metalcore song or just a chorus that you really like in a pop song, for example, trigger various measurable responses in our bodies. Our brain releases dopamine during such sections. The role of dopamine in our body is very complex, but studies have shown that it is linked to the feeling of reward. Dopamine is also increasing when you anticipate a section in the song. This is likely the reason why you might instantly be able to appreciate an unfamiliar song in a genre you're familiar with, and for other songs it might take some time and getting used to. This anticipation and reward system is the key to music and songwriting, and it will show up more often in this podcast, but let's stick to our example for now. 
So at first, you listen to the song and may be lost, because the song doesn't provide you with the tools to ease you into the section, and actually it's worse. The drum groove places its emphasis on the 2 and the 4 of the bar, and only randomly cuts or extends depending on the time signature. It's not even giving you a chance to anticipate the time signature and your headbanging goes all out of sync. And then the section doesn't even show up again. What is this, anarchy? And yeah, that is what makes music inaccessible versus just using odd time signatures. You are required to listen to the song a few times to bob your head along, and you might start to notice how the synth only kick in at the first beat every time the time signature changes, and the drum always emphasizes the 2 and the 4, no matter what, so that gives you something of an orientation. I personally started concentrating on and anticipating the first beat of the bar. Try it for yourself and see if you can learn to bob your head along to that section. It almost becomes a game at this point where you learn patterns. Just in this example you're not beating a boss, you're listening to music. Applying what we learned about how we listen to music and what makes us like music suggests the following. The random nature of the time changes in this section make it hard for us to trigger any other emotional response but confusion at first. At this point the song either captures your attention or loses it. If you're hooked, you'll go back and listen to the song again and again, and it slowly starts to make sense. You anticipate the section and all of its details, and thus your dopamine level is probably pretty high throughout this song, because you learned it. Keep in mind though, there is a time and place for our time signatures. Be aware that if you are writing a passage like this, you are demanding the listener's attention and willingness to engage with the music in a conscious way. Music isn't automatically better if it's complex, but the point of this essay was to show you how you can work complexities like this into your music and get a good response from the listener. And with that, we're out of time. Thank you for listening, and subscribe to the feed if you want to stay updated on the stuff that I do here. Bye!